This is the Blockade Podcast with your hosts, Chris and Jared. Hello! You are listening to the Blockade Podcast. I'm your host, Shut Your Trip, aka Chris Freebus. That guy over there sitting, well, he's in a little window box for me, but uh, on the other side of the world, that'd be Jared Morgan. Hello. <laughs> Those that, of you who know what that's from will be laughing right now. I was going to say, was that, <laughs> was that your uh, audition for Pentatonics? <laughs> no, that was um, <laughs> it was the Trollolol Man. Um, oh, which which I just saw yesterday. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> did you? Did you <laughs> it's been did running it through my head all morning. Basically. Did it open um, uh, open for you guys over there too? Did the it Captain open. Underpants movie. Ah, uh, I am not sure. I have not seen Captain Underpants, but uh, Whoa, it's so probably... maybe it's completely different than what you're what you're just doing there. Um, it is. Oh, I know the Trollala guy. Yeah, yeah. He's like an Italian singer, right? No, he's a he's a Russian singer. Russian singer. That's right. That's right. Yep. And it is. It's actually it, people think he's just like forgotten the words or something, but it's not. It's what they call a um um a vocalization. Um, yeah. So, the, the I actually did some digging on Wikipedia. It's strange that the, the rabbit holes you go down when you find something. <laughs> you see, the backstory is that everyone at my work uses the trollolol guy as like when things are going wrong, they just start breaking out in trollolol song. And <laughs> I was using it last week because it was uh, lots of funny things are happening last week. And um, so it's got stuck in my head, which it often does. Um, the guy was, um, I think the backstory to it is that he, they, the, the composer who actually wrote the music had a falling out apparently with um, a lyricist. So um, the the end result was they, they had lyrics written for it, but they weren't really good. So what um, the guy did, I forget his name too, um, but... The Trollolol guy, let's just call him that for brevity's sake. I, and I think if you go to YouTube and you put Trollolol guy, it'll probably pop up. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely will. Um, and so he basically did a, um, a vocalization instead. Um, and he just made up sounds along with the music. And Trollolol was born. Um, and and see, the, thing, the thing with it is, is it's not so much the music and the words that make the video funny. It's, it's the facial expressions with which he's singing it. Like it's, uh, what would you say? It was a uh, early 1960s, the late fifties. Oh, it's, it's color. So it'd have it to is. be like 69 or seventies, I think. Right. But think of like a, a Lawrence Welk, you know, you got people sitting in a cafe kind of, uh, thing and this guy is singing to them, you know, and it's, I don't know. There's just something kind of funny just about the, the sincerity with which he's singing it and with which everybody else is listening to it. Like nobody finds it the least bit funny. And yet I would be dying of laughter. <laughs> yeah. You'd be like as an extra on that set, you'll be struggling not to like break into fits of hysterics. Right. right. The, the, the one you saw was the black and white one, right? Or, yes. Or the, yeah, so the black and white. No, one I, was I the, think the one I saw was black and white. Yeah. The black and white one is the, the very first performance of that song. Um, okay. that's been captured on video. There's another one afterwards that basically has, uh, um, um, let me just do a quick Google. Um, the it's, his name is Edward kill and you'll know it because if it's you basically, you search for troll little guy in Google. And the first one that comes up is a still frame of the video. Um, and it's sort of like a sepia background with these weird sort of shapes. It looks like he's walking behind a screen basically. And it, Edward Kill has the most funniest facial expressions in this video. It looks like he's not moving his mouth at all when he's yeah. singing. Because he's doing the vocalization, he doesn't have to. It's all being made by his voice, basically. And he doesn't yeah. really need to, to move his lips because he's not doing any plosives in the, um, the performance. So it just looks like <laughs> he's just dancing around the stage with this really strange look on his face. <laughs> which adds to the which adds to the awesomeness of it. So um, yeah, uh, that is your little uh, your little troll old guy. He's very good. He's 
he actually did a performance, a, a redid the performance in 2012, just before he died. Um, and it's all in color. And he did it for like this Russian variety show for Christmas. And uh, he would have been like, I think 90 or something. Like, wow. He was 90 and he could still do it exactly the same as he did when he was in, um, you know, 30, uh, when he was in the 70s or whenever he did the original one. So, yeah, he's a bit of a what dude. What we don't know was that was the only thing his mind was capable of at that age. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? It's like, hi, Grandpa. <laughs> and you're like, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. So, so the thing that I got it mistaken for, and the reason why I got it mistaken, uh, the Captain Underpants movie opened yesterday, and my son was begging me to go take him to that, so I technically took one for the team. Although it wasn't... Really taking one for the team was when I went and saw the Chipmunks movie with him, because yeah. I was just, like, ready to blow my brains out after 15 minutes of that. That's... Uh, <laughs> it's you know, it, it, why I refuse... You know, if, if he so much as even said, let's go see Smurfs, it's like, smack across the face. Now dare you! That's never, never going to happen. But I knew that he was really looking forward to this one, so went ahead and uh, saw that. But whenever Captain Underpants uh, is ready to do anything, he goes, draw la la! <laughs> so I was... Oh, right, okay. Draw la la. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't know. It, it may be related. I'm not sure. I, but I seriously doubt it. Seriously, don't. seriously doubt it. Um, okay. So what else should we talk about today? What do you think? Um... We could try talking about pinball. Mm. Oh, man, that's a big ask. I know. It's <laughs> radical. It's a radical thing, I know, but we could try and see okay. how we go. We'll, we'll try talking about that, and if time permits, I'm going to tell you some awesome facts about spiders that my wife wouldn't let her tell. Okay. So in other words, yeah. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So uh, I went ahead and uh, tried out, since you were mentioning uh, the the super fast uh, orbits, I guess, on Terminator 2 that you felt yeah. had. Um, I tried them out. I don't think they, to me, they didn't feel any different than what they used to. Um I mean, those orbits are incredibly fast. There's no no doubt about it. The thing that I noticed that changed was the cannon view. When you're going for multi-ball and it goes to the cannon, the mm. whole table, it, it, it used to do what it did for Star Trek Next Generation where the table just kind of shifted to the angle slightly. Yeah. It goes all the way to the side of the table. So oh. the table just like, you know, a, a 90 degree turn so it's basically like sniper shooting the targets. Yeah, it was really like it caught me off guard. I was like, "Whoa, that's not the angle I was expecting to uh, to see." So that was the one thing I noticed. Um, that makes it a whole lot easier to actually get those targets. It does make it's, well, yes and no because I'm so used to shooting them the other way now. <laughs> I'm, I'm screwed up. <laughs> I know the angle, like the 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 point at which you need to shoot it. I could sort of like I can basically. It sounds weird, but with the original view, I could sort of visualize, like I could almost draw a right. line with mm -hmm. my eyes as it was f going over. But it's going to be interesting when you're actually trying to get super jackpot during uh, multi-ball because you then have to revert to the old way of just trying to guess the position. Well, it'll be kind of... Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. I was going to say... Kind it's of like not going to change. No. Yeah, it's not going to change camera angles on you in no, multiple wiring. Not better not. Because <laughs> <laughs> that'll be a bug. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be screaming about that if that was the uh, that was the yeah. case. Yes, I'll be honest, and I I will say without any shame at all, I have not even been able to start multiple on um, that game after I played it initially. I must admit, I only did one or two games on it, but I was completely thrown out with all the shots. Mm. So I am going to have to relearn playing that table. And I'm quite happy that I'm going to have to relearn playing that table for the record because it's great. Um, I still, with that table, I still have a problem with the sticky skill shot stand-up targets. Have you noticed those? Mm -hmm. Then if you hit them, they actually have stickiness to them. So <laughs> uh, they, when you, when sometimes when you do a soft shot up the left ramp and it dribbles back down, you'll see the ball yeah. going zzz, zzz, and they're almost like sticking to the targets as they go down. 
it's got a really weird physics dynamic on those targets for me. Huh. Try and do it. Next time you do it, you, you won't no, get I'll keep an eye out. You see it. You will not be able to un unsee it once you see it. There's a couple other tables that suffer from this as well, that um, that the targets seem to have like a stickiness to them. Um, and I think, I can't remember which ones they are off the top of my head, but I know that Terminator 2 is blatant with it. Wow. So the other thing I found with the tuning uh, enhancements was that with Circuits Voltaire, I couldn't, I had a lot of trouble replicating this, um, i.e. I didn't replicate it. <laughs> But I had a very strange collision issue shooting up the left uh, loop. I must have just sort of glance bricked one of the stand-up targets um, either side of the lock ramp. And my ball just went straight up, like almost like vertical up and down, not following the loop path, through all of the playfield plastics underneath the... Um, ramp and then up sort of towards the top of the table and then hit managed to hit a wall somewhere up there and then stopped I went oh that was weird <laughs> um, but I was going how would I have done how could I replicate that and actually share it with Rob because it would have been probably a byproduct of the tuning changes yeah. we would have been doing to that area of the yeah, play so the collision going, detection gap that you found yeah, it must have just been that little that little point somewhere in there. He may, based on this information, if you're listening, Rob, you may be able to find out where that is if you have a look at the meshing. But I I could not do it again, uh, and I thought, well, it's it's a one-off thing. I can't report it because it's yeah. I, it's it's not a bug unless you can reproduce it. But exactly. I just thought I'd mention it here just in case someone else has seen some any some funny collision issues, and if you have. Uh, send us an email at blah 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 kate at gmail.com or tweet us and um, we can start building a, a case against it but um, overall man circus voltaire's tuning is delicious i love it <laughs> there's there's it's a lot of uh, of people posting on the pimble arcade fans uh forum where yeah they're basically saying that there are certain tables that they've been playing that they're just like oh my god i love playing this now yes um, absolutely it's, it's, you know it's fun again yeah, I just wish there was a, uh, based on the outputs of what Rob um, and the team have been able to do in this gap month, I wish there was a mid-year gap month, like, <laughs> honestly, because I know they wouldn't be able to do it, um, but geez, it would be so good if we could get like another three tables knocked over mid-year, because um, man, it makes such a huge difference to gameplay quality, and having the um, the the fighting saucer and decent sound effects come back too, they, one of the fixes they did in Android was... Um, reintroduced the flipper sounds again because they had dropped on um, any device running Android 6 and above. Um, so we didn't actually have any flipper sound effects, which is mm. really frustrating. But they got those back in there now. And again, that little that little sound file makes such a huge difference to how the game feels, I guess. Okay, I have a question for you because this okay. topic is kind of... Uh, popped up a bit um, with the start of the season. This kind of, this topic tends to start at the beginning of the season, and it winds up being one of these, here's why I'm not going to buy a season pass topics. Oh, right. Here we go. That old chest. Now, the, the current iteration of this, uh, and the one that really got me kind of uh, thinking about this, the person that was complaining, they first had purchased Pinball Arcade on the Wii Okay. When they realized that the Wii was... And one of the things they were commenting with that one was that patches and stuff were going through all the time. Because essentially, wasn't the Wii uh, just Android? Yeah. It was basically a... It was using a, a Tegra 3 processor, and it was pretty much architecturally the same as a... Um, oh, a TF300T, I think, at the time. So it's well and truly aged now. Um, but at the time, yeah, it was architecturally similar to a lot of tablets, uh, tablets on the market. Right. So um, anyway, mm. we obviously died a horrible death. And yeah. uh, eventually, Farsight stopped supporting that. They're still so releasing this... for it. No, they're still releasing they? for it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, don't know. This, well, I don't know. This person apparently moved on and decided that instead they were going to... 
buy everything on the Wii U. <laughs> what what is this person doing? Do they love abandonware? Like that's that's my thing because I'm like, you know what? No matter how much you loved the Wii U, by the time Farsight released it on the Wii U, all the reports on all the video game sites were saying Wii U is dead. It's yeah. done. There was already they were already talking about uh, the code words for Switch, um, but it was clear that Nintendo was making a new system. Yeah. And if you honestly thought that you were going to get uh, cross-buy out of Farsight for that, well, all you had to do was look at the PS3 to PS4 and realize, nah, that ain't going to happen. So yeah. it did make me kind of go, well, you picked two loser formats. You know, maybe yeah. buy a PC. I don't know. That's just me. But, uh, you know. Or maybe buy a console that's, like, from the big two, maybe, and well, but here, just go and, with well, but this goes into the other reason why people go, I'm not buying the season, is because since the consoles are essentially only being updated twice a year, mm. um, there's no... You might as well wait and see what tables are going to get released. Otherwise, you're going to be making that complaint where you're like, yep. well, if I had known that it was going to be, you know, Wipeout, <laughs> um, yeah. and I don't care about Paragon, you know, whatever... Um, but, it, it, you know, so you might as well wait for that. But then I also kind of sit there and, and go, well, I hope you're going to be happy when the consoles switch to another next generation and TPA doesn't transfer over to that. You know, it, yeah. it, it's... And you can guarantee that they won't be happy. <laughs> right, right. So, because that never happens. But here's my, here's my question to you. Mm -hmm. Do you think, well, I should actually ask, what do you think the reaction would be? For those people that are still on a PS3 or an Xbox 360, well, if you're on an Xbox 360, you're a glutton for punishment with regards to Pinball Arcade. But yeah. let's say you're on the PS3, because it's still getting updates, okay. uh, just very, very slow. Do you think that Farsight, now that they did this month off and did a whole bunch of fixes, that they should make an announcement and basically go, look, here's the final patch for PS3. We're done with it. We're not going to release on PS3 anymore. We're only going to be releasing on PS4. We just want to give you the heads up that this is it. That's all the tables. Because obviously, uh, Stern Pimble Arcade has not been released on PS3. That's only been on PS4 um, and I believe Xbox One. So they're yeah. clearly moving on to next gen. Xbox and PlayStation have abandoned PS3. Nobody's releasing games, you know, brand new games PS3. for for these. Mm. Um, at least not to the best of my knowledge. Um, they sure as hell aren't on the Wii U. So, no. do you think? Do you think it would it, the, the there would be a load of fallout from Farsight doing this? Do you think that's something that they should look at? Unless the porting over to the PS3 is an absolute just, you know, flip a switch and is done kind of thing from whatever they're doing on the PS4. But I don't believe that's the case because the lighting is completely different. I think, okay, so if, let's use the example of PS3 to PS4 because we yeah. know for a fact that um, Zen offers cross-buy on yes. that platform. So from a entitlements perspective, um, it would be pretty trivial for Farsight to flick the switch and allow PS4 owners to activate the new tables in PS4. Um, so for that reason alone, we already know there's already a precedence being set and Zen do it, so we know it can be done. Uh, it may require a little bit of um, wiring in the back end in Farsight's entitlement system. Um, and potentially linking the PS3 entitlements to PS3 uh, to PS4, but I would say that the Play Store allows you to do that as a developer anyhow. That's pure speculation on my part because I haven't read the docs. Um, so but I'm that, not even talking about entitlements. I'm yeah. not even talking about allowing cross-buy. What I'm saying is, uh, let's. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a bunch of assumptions because you know those make me look good. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm assumptions. Exactly. <laughs> I am assuming that the PS4 build of Pimble Arcade 
is different than the PS3 build because of the lighting. Yeah, I'd say so. I do not know if the PS3 build is the same as the DX9 build on Steam. Mm, okay. Now, if they are identical that way, <clears throat> there's still porting that has to be done to the PS3. Correct. You can't, okay, because they used to do it from, they used to code on the Xbox 360 and then port over and do porting that way. So what, what I'm saying is, you have a system that's dead. You as a studio are swamped, right? Yeah. So would it not make sense to put out, fine, here's the patch for everything season six, because we know season seven is not going to be released for another, you know, five months probably. Uh, you know, the first couple of tables aren't going to be released on PS3 for or PS4 for that matter mm. for that amount of time. So put out the patch at that time. Don't release any of season seven and say, this is it for this. We're sorry. Thank you for your support. Thank you for buying. But we can't keep on supporting a dead platform. And even if you then switched over to the PS4, you're going to have to rebuy them all anyway if you want the tables. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Because since they don't have cross-buy now, there's there's ne not necessary, and I don't think that the install base of PS3 users that are purchasing Pinball Arcade, I can't imagine is huge at this point. I would imagine that they've all migrated over to a PS4. PS4, right, or you switched over think. to some other console, you would think. So that's why I'm asking. I wonder what the fallout would be. The reason why I'm bringing this up is my son plays a game called Terraria. He has it on the PS3. They have a PS4 version. Now, we're talking significantly less money. It's 20 bucks for a PS for the PS4 version. That's it. Wow. Um, there is no cross-buy. They just released a patch to the PS3 said, hey, we fixed this bug, we fixed this, we fixed this, we did all of this, we made the game stable, as stable as we can possibly make it. That's going to be the last patch that we do on the PS3. Everything else we do is going to be for the PS4 and the uh, uh, Xbox One. Here's the interesting part. There's no final boss in the PS3 version. They just put it in on the PS4 version. Oh. So if you want to complete the game, you cannot do it on the PS3. Oh, and that's they, a bit rude. And what they used to do, what they used to do was your game progress on the PS3 could migrate over to the PS4. But because oh. they just did this huge uh, coding shift for the next generation con uh, consoles, you can't even do that. You can't even migrate over anymore. So you have to start from scratch. So you have to start from scratch. And pay now 20 bucks just so you can finish the game. Right. So as far as I'm concerned, though, I'm like, well, A, I ask my son, I go, have you even beaten the first boss? No. I'm like, well, then who cares about the final boss? That's exactly <laughs> not even an issue. Um, but, and I would say that if, if somebody was really up on playing this game, they probably would have shifted by now. Mm -hmm. um, they gave, an, the, the studio gave ample notice um, that this was going to be happening so that people could purchase a PS4, transfer their save codes before the new patch went into effect. So that's mm -hmm. why I'm, I'm sitting there going. I'm like, wouldn't it make sense for Farsight to, you know, basically do this for these... Draw a line in the sand. Basically. Draw a line in the sand for these systems that are honestly weighing them down that are hard to keep up on and that they have people being mad at them and instead just come out right out and say, look, we're done with Wii U. We yeah. are not going to be putting it out on the Switch. We're done with 360. We're done with PS3. We're done with the the Wii, and from now on, if you want to play Pinball Arcade, it's either on the one PS4, Steam, or iOS and Android platforms, and that's it. This discussion really is down to platform numbers, and that's only something Farsight could answer. Really, like, what would be the impact from a like? How many players would be affected if they drew the line in the sand and said season six is the last on PS3? How many users would that affect? And that would then give you the quantifiable information to go, well, then, yeah, it's, it's either a sound business decision to do it because it's going to free up X amount of development hours for the other platforms, which means more bug fixes and more improvements. It's going to mean that we're only supporting the latest gen consoles. Um, and it's going to mean that that's going to, you know, improve the development environment at the at the business. 
level. So, you know, there's a lot of advantages to doing it. For I would because I mean, I honestly don't know. I don't know what the download numbers are. I don't know what their sales figures are for those platforms. That's right. But that's you can only saying. you could only the only way you could find that out is to go to the storefronts and look at the average amount of downloads for the the titles. And if anyone's listening. Um, to the show, perhaps you could, and if you're a user of those platforms, perhaps you could actually tweet that out to us if you go to the, the storefront and look at the the amount of times a game has been downloaded. Now, I know that that doesn't necessarily but that's mean because that's the players. history. I'm talking, yeah, about, that, I'm talking about current buyers. So when yeah. when the new next, when the last table pack dropped, what how many buyers did they have for that? Because this yeah. is what I'm saying. It's a dead these two, well, these three systems are dead systems. Yeah. Basically, it, they're they're not. There's not going to be growth on them. There's only going to be drop off of customers, and yes. then you're going to see those customers shift. You would hope to the next system. But what I'm saying is, rather than string them along and incur, you know, be like, well, hey, look, sister, season seven's available for me to purchase. Why not purchase it? And then they complain that they're either not getting updates or like the 360 people where they're like, we haven't got an update since, you know, X table um, to just finally go, okay, look, we're done. This is, you know, yeah. let's, let's, let's meet up to what we had people pay for, which would be the, you know, season six, um, fill that obligation with the patch to make the game as stable as they possibly can and then be like, we're done. Yeah. See, to do that, they would have to go back through. Like what, what, you then have to ask the question, okay, so for the game to be quote-unquote stable and like as bug-free as possible, that, that would actually be a huge amount of work. No, but you, <laughs> on, just, on did platforms. you just did it. You know what I mean? You just did all these bug fixes. You yeah, took a month them, to though. do it. It's yeah. not all of them, but what I'm saying is you're making this as stable as you can currently. Okay. And yeah. this is I'm you know, sorry, these are these are the bugs you're gonna have to live with. Mm. Well look, uh yeah, I guess. Um I yeah, it's a tough question to ask because it all comes down to financial um I mean I'm a bit stuff. cavalier about it because like I said, I, I saw the handwriting in the wall back in season Long time two. Ago. Yes. Yeah. And it mystifies me that people don't see the handwriting on the wall and don't make their shifts accordingly. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's just... yeah, some people like don't like to futz about with PCs. Like it's a known fact. Like it's they just like the the walled garden of the consoles. Um, but you know, with that, you've got to be you've got to expect that you know things are going to end on a console because a console has a limited shelf life. Yeah. And PCs are upgradable forever. Yeah, basically. Steam is yep. not going anywhere in a hurry. You just have to make sure your hardware matches. And that's the that is the trade-off. Um if you're I mean, hey, when I, when I can still play the original Tomb Raider on my PC, uh granted it has a whole bunch of uh user-based hacks to make it functional. Um, but, uh, you know, when I can still do that on my PC, whereas I would have to drag out my PS1 yep. in order to play that game on disc, of which, again, I would say, that thing came out on disc, any bugs, there was no, no. patch. <laughs> you well, know? The, the thing back then is software quality is very different to the way it is well, now. Abs so. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because they knew that they couldn't get it wrong. They actually had to do <laughs> adequate testing on it and people would sit there for hours and days running into walls to make sure they couldn't right. glitch through them. But now they just go, right. meh, whatever. We'll just solve it with a zero day patch. So, yeah, you know, yeah. Okay. Well, that was, that was, uh, <clears throat> that's been something I've been commenting on, uh, throughout the week on the forum. And I just thought I'd uh, bring it up here. See what you, uh, throw it out to the general peanut gallery, see what everybody else thinks too, but see what your, your thoughts would be. Hmm. Moving on, I did some painting this week. Did some painting. So you did some walls? Nice. No. 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 Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've been working on uh, firepower, and basically what I was uh, involved in doing was masking off all the areas, uh, basically the entire play field I masked, and then mm -hmm. with a razor blade, cut out the uh, frisket, 
that I would be then spraying uh, the color white and the color red, or basically the two uh, things that I was choosing to do. Um, we, I think we talked about it before with uh, how much white there actually is in terms of there's all the lettering, there's pinstriping around the large areas, and I didn't know how severe I was going to go. But after I started masking, I... I actually had put uh, some of the frisket down on a pizza box and tried cutting with the razor blade um, the frisket on that because that way I'd be able to see how hard I can push before the knife went into the cardboard. Yep. But also uh, because there's all sorts of shapes on the pizza box, you know, whether it's lettering or curves or whatever, I can see how steady my hand was um, with you know pulling off the area. I then I actually colored in the area and then pulled off the major masking to see how fine of a line you know it created. So after I did that, I was pretty confident that I could do the lettering and the pinstriping on, on firepower. Mm. So I started with the big areas that are basically where all the general illumination lights are. And then I, I did one big area and then I was like, okay, let's try the lettering. And I tried the lettering using a, a straight edge and I wasn't quite happy with how it went. By the time I was done after about a week and a half of doing this, I was freehanding everything. I was like, forget the straight edge. If you're just very careful and going very slow, I had a, uh, this ot light. Um, it's, well, it's called an ot light. I don't know what else to call it, but it's a, a portable light that just put it right on the play field. Um, so mm. it was shining nice and bright. I was just right up there against the, the play field watching my blade uh, doing the cuts. And it's amazing how fine, the frisket will let you do a cut. I mean, how narrow you can get on either side because it it stays tacked to the surface so it wasn't mm. bunching um, until I actually took the razor blade and, and picked off and then you know pulled pulled it off. Yeah. So, so it's a very do, precise way of masking. It was. It's very precise and uh, it's no less tricky, but no. I was able to, like I said, really do a, do a number. If you're interested in seeing uh, what the end results are, <laughs> uh, I posted some pics on Twitter, but there's also a thread on Pinside. Thread is called Firepower My First Pin, My First Teardown. in previous podcast, so I'll yes. put it into show, show notes based on that last link. And uh, there you can really see where all the masking, even after doing the basic masking, then there was even more tape masking that had to be done. What we discovered was the, in the, the advice I'd been given was to use this paint called Createx. It's this opaque uh, paint. Mm -hmm. However, my buddy with his airbrush station was shocked to see what the PSI that wanted to be shot at, which was 40 to 50 PSI. He does airbrushing at usually like 15 PSI. Right. Okay. And he was like, oh my God, it's like he wants to hurl the paint. Well, when he opened the cap and started to pour the paint, it was thick. I mean, yeah. really thick. And he's like, whoa, this is, you know, this isn't like my other paint, which is kind of watery and, and you know, flows really nicely. Mm. So we start spraying and within 30 seconds, the nozzle would get clogged. Yeah. And so we were constantly, I mean, we, we spent an hour trying to shoot and trying to figure out how to get this thing to work right. And uh, it he was going on all of his airbrush forms and everybody's like, Oh, you need to dilute it 10 to one and, and all this. Yeah, yeah. But then when I went on the pin side form and the recommendation was, no, you can shoot it straight out of the straight out of the bottle and a cheap, you know, $15 airbrush from Harbor freight will do the trick. And my friend is just like, you know, his head spinning in 360 Cause he was just like, what? That is horrible advice. You know, cause he's coming from an artistic airbrush. Yeah. Yeah. For him, and so finally he was like, "All right, let's just try it." He cranked it up to because he was like, "At 50 psi, it's going to blast any of the clogs right out." Mm, totally. And he goes, "Unfortunately, that means it's blasting all over your, uh, you know, your masking all over the job. Oh, yeah, yeah, all over the job." So it was, you know, you start the airbrush off of where you're going to spray, and it sure enough it would splatter, and then you go ahead and, and paint over. So what yep. it meant though was no precision painting. It's very burnt, burnt, it's burnt. Yeah. So I had to mask off even more than I initially had planned to, uh, to mask just to protect certain areas. And where mm -hmm. it really got nuts is we did all the white, dried it with a heat gun, 
then we went to go do the red lasers. Well, all the white that we had just painted <laughs> was fairly close to some of the lasers, but, and I didn't want to take off any of the frisket, but the paint doesn't stick to the frisket. So if you put down any more masking tape, it was just loose and would come right off. Oh. So we wound up having to put down butcher paper and kind of you know, <laughs> like just putting gobs and gobs of tape everywhere, trying to just cover because the overspray was so severe. And now we're shooting red and I didn't want the red to you know, splattering onto the white. Yeah. It was just brutal. Um, so it was just like blunt force <laughs> basically for, for, for painting it. But it turned out pretty nice. I mean, it's amazing what a fresh coat of white on the play field yeah. does for it. It really pops. I've got to say, it looks bloody good. And I was having a look at the, you won't see this on Twitter if you're following Blackade, but on the, the Pinside post, you can just see the level of detail that you've managed to get on the white around the pop bumpers. Mm-hmm. Like those jagged edges, there's only one uh, photo that you shared that I could see a slight amount of lifting on on the paint but the rest of it the, the angles are really sharp so it's yeah. clear that you put in a lot of time getting the points right on it so and for the work. most part i because i kind of i then put the play field down and stood up you know i put the play field on a tabletop stood up got in player's position you're never going to notice no exactly especially once you populate the play field you're never going to notice no exactly right and probably the skirt will cover most of it anyhow so yeah. it'll be a white skirt and all you'll see is this little jagged edge around it, which is exactly what it's designed to do, of course. It's yeah. supposed to extend the look of the skirt to make it look like it's jagged. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it'll be fine. And you're right, no one's ever going to notice. Um, the only thing that slightly bugs me is the first lettering that I attempted to cut was the stuff that was at the, uh, the outlines. Mm. So it's close to the player. And that was where I was using the straight edge. Well, what I soon discovered with the straight edge, I was constantly lifting the blade. Um, so I was, you know, doing say all the horizontal edges first, then turning yeah. the, the straight edge and did all the, the vertical. And, but each time you lift the blade, making it at least touch divot. Yeah. Well, it's not necessarily, it, 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 it leaves a string, you might say. So when I went mm-hmm. to go peel up that section, a lot of times they were connected and I had to make one additional cut. As uh, a result, that lettering is a little bit janky, thicker, janky, a little bit thicker than it might should be. It's not quite as precise and clean. Um, because by the time I got to all the other lettering, that's when I was just doing everything by freehand. I was never lifting the blade. I was even using my, like, I would transfer to my left hand and do a little bit on my left hand and then back, back to the right hand. Um, but I'm again, I'm thinking, you know what? Once I clear it, once I populate it, once the glass is back over the top of it, it's probably going to be perfectly fine and you'll never mm. worry about it. I think so. So, what is your decision going to be with the areas um, near the lasers that are completely wood? Are you going to just paint those a block color? So, above the planet, there's a mess in between the lasers. Mm. Um, the lasers were a mess too, but now they're nice, crisp, straight lines, um, which you wouldn't believe how unstraight those lines were before. Um, so they're now nice and nice and razor sharp straight. Um, so above the planet in between the lasers, I'm going to paint that flat black. Good. Yeah. And, uh, my, basically what's, here's what the process is. I'm going to spray clear, uh, a, a sealer coat. Over. Basically what I've just done. done. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, Then I'm going to go back to my friends. He's going to cut on his laser CNC machine stencils uh, for all the insert numbers. Okay. And lettering. And so we'll, and he's going to cut that out of blue tape, I guess. Although I'm going to see if he can cut it on the frisket. Um, I don't see why he couldn't. Mm. And, uh, but anyway, we'll lay that over, spray that with the airbrush. That's going to be black paint, obviously. While we're doing that, I'm going to also do the black in between the lasers and above the planet. Um, When I'm done with that, do another layer of clear on top of that. Then it's decision time. Do I want to uh, add in stars? Actually, I probably could add in the stars. I could probably dry the black and then add in some little white blobs and just be like, ta-da, yeah. stars! Um, yeah, exactly. And then lay down a layer of clear. On pin side, I asked the the play, for, play field restoration guru vid 
um, <laughs> what he would do. And he was saying that the planet, because it's such a random mishmash of patterns, that you almost can't go wrong doing it yourself. Mm, you're right. Yeah. You just the put tr- random. The trick in. is is matching the base color that's underneath. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, and the faded white base color. Yeah. 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 And there's three different fades in the planet itself. Mm. Um, well, so that is, is I, I had a look at a really close up shot of the play field. It's actually not a fade. It's actually a, it's a dot mask that they yes. put over the, the play field. So you could actually use that same technique and put a dot mask over um, the bit you painted and it would probably have the same effect. You can just yeah. print out a, a bit of, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, film with that printed on there and put it on. It would probably work. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, again, it comes down to do I want to leave this looking like a, you know, leave it with the character of having some worn playfield aspects to it? Or do I want to eliminate every eyesore possible? Um, and I'm yeah. still leaning towards leaving it somewhat with a bit of character. With a bit of character. Yeah, that's what I'm leaning towards. Um, Because honestly, to me, nothing looks worse than a bad touch-up paint job. Yeah. When when something screams, look what I tried to do, and I failed miserably. You know, (laughs) it's... It's much better to have it so it looks like all the other bits you've done are good. They're all straight lines. They look sharp. And the bits that you're going to touch up, um, you know, with the the actual lettering and the the black areas above the planet, they are going to still look... They're going to look basic, but they're not going to look bad. That's right. the thing. And I think you're probably on the money there. I would probably just let some of that character shine through on the play field. Um, yeah. It's going to be locked in. You're not going to get any more wear on it. Um, no. So that's no danger. So, yeah, I, I just let it ride. And um, it'll be uniquely yours. <laughs> hmm. Now, as for Able Deluxe, I'm still... Uh, uh... Well, I haven't gone forward with any activity on that because any activity I need to do requires spending money on it at the moment. Mm. Um, unfortunately, I now have broken the stand-up target for the two-time multiplier. <laughs> uh, so it's clearly going to need to get a full drop target set, really. So oh, it does. They're they're all brutal. They're yeah. all brutal. So um, yeah, currently it's uh, if if you go for a multiplier, you pretty much start with the two times already lit. And you go straight to the three time multiplier, um, hmm. but yeah, that's. Uh, I'm gonna go to to league tomorrow, and have a talk and see if anybody has any other uh, bright ideas. But I'm pretty sure I know what the bright ideas are gonna be. Spend some money. Yep, <laughs> that's what it's yep. gonna be. Go go replace all your connectors, and they're probably gonna say go replace all your capacitors, which probably. I, know, I probably probably should. Yeah, you probably should. <laughs> Um, at least I know where I can buy the capacitors now. So that's, uh, there's a, there's a store near me that sells them. So that's fine with that. Yes. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's the update on that. Hmm. It's, uh, it is looking good. I think not too long now before you might actually be able to put it all back together and get it done. Yeah. So, um, I, I joked with people were guessing what, uh, well, basically, putting out what tables they hope to see in season seven, and uh, it kind of coincides with there's a thread that is the top 100 wish list of tables to be in TPA. Um, mm-hmm. This has been going on. I don't know how many years it's been going on. Um, the guy just basically updates it as tables are confirmed, and then alters what his wish list is. But okay. we're only down to we're down to 15 tables left <laughs> before he hits a hits 100. Yeah. Um, but I've, I'm, I'm pulling uh, roller games off the, off the list now. Sorry. I don't want it in TPA anymore yet. Okay. For jealous reasons or for uh, selfish reasons, I should say. Until you get one. Exactly. Cause Lord knows if it goes into TPA, it'll probably jack up the price then on the real thing. So, uh, <laughs> and same with NBA fast break, right? Like, well, yeah, but I don't, I wouldn't plan on getting that until after other pins. I mean, I don't think there's. Uh, that one's going to be out of my price range no matter what. 
So, <laughs> whereas roller games yeah. can be like right on the border. So, you know. Yeah, it's it's plausible. It's That's possible. Not possible. Exactly. Yeah. So, because I mean, I think with an NBA fast break, those wind up being about the same price as uh, a, stern a whirlwind. But no, oh, as, really? a, as like a whirlwind. Because uh, whirlwind winds up being like, I don't know, I see them priced at 3500 four grand all the time. All right. And I, I'm feeling that you can get an NBA fast break for about that same price, but that's just it. I'd rather have a whirlwind. So, mm. yeah, right. So, in the scheme of things, it would be a, yeah, look at me talking out my butt as if I'm going to be able to get any of these. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. You might be able to get one if you sell both of the other ones. In um, my fantasy world. Um, yeah, in, in Chris's fantasy arcade, where he has 50 pins lined up and exactly, gets the wall exactly. in his mansion. Uh, <laughs> I'll gladly trade you two for that shiny new one. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Pinball commodities. So so that's my rule to you, Farsight. Uh, please don't put out roller games until I get mine. Uh <laughs> And the next table after Wipeout will be Roller Games. games. Exactly. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, I'm reverse psychologying them. Ah, yeah, that's right. That's yeah, don't put it in. Don't put it in. Oh well, we we managed to find the uh, we've managed to find one in the um, the pinball museum that we have a partnership with now. So we're going to do it now, Chris. <laughs> so bad luck. That's what they do with Paragon. Apparently, they um, they got the game in. They imported the game in temporarily to oh, do from it from Pinball Arcade or from the Pinball Museum. Yeah, from the pinball museum because it's it's rarity. It's a it's a pretty rare table to find. It also makes sense because Farsight doesn't have any room for these things anymore. And the th- and the thing is, if they've got a commercial arrangement with a place like this, why would you invest the money in actually buying right. it? Like they've right. got the they've got the the digital conversion equipment now up to a level of quality that would mean that even if they you know they swore blind they would never not own a pinball machine if they were going to include it in the game before. But I think that's changed now with the amount of, with the scans and the and the files on hand that they have. Of all these Not tables. to mention the ease of access. This place isn't that far. I mean, it's probably, well, it's a half an hour drive down the mountain and then probably another 15 minutes over to the place. So, uh, you know, if they, obviously if the place is willing to let them take it up to Farsight for all their basic teardown and scans, uh, Farsight sends it back to them, and if they need to do any tuning or anything else like that, they can go down the hill, visit the place, check mm. it out for themselves, you know, make notes and and do it all up again. So I think that's certainly a a wise uh, allocation it, of assets. You know, definitely, it's a I it's mean, a smart way of doing business. For God's sakes, the collection that Farsight has currently is valuable. <laughs> I mean, oh yeah, you know, when you, when you realize when wouldn't. you realize they own. Cactus Canyon, Monster Bash, Adam's Family, Medieval Madness, Twilight Zone. Those are all pins that are on everybody's top list that you frequently see going for, you know, eight to ten grand. Yeah, like they, they're sitting probably about fifty to sixty thousand dollars worth of pins just there. Really? I would almost push um, it up towards a hundred. What with the, with just those titles that you've actually mentioned. Right, but then I'm talking about the fact that they have probably sixty sixty to seventy pins themselves oh did they they would have more than a hundred thousand dollars worth of pins yeah. there like without yeah. a doubt um so yeah like, yeah they're, they're, they're gonna need to be they're gonna need to be doing what all these other guys do which is you know buying a warehouse to store this stuff in <laughs> mm. so no i think i think partnering with the pinball museum is a uh is a good call yeah um, and you know, I don't know. Maybe they, there could be some sort of reciprocal arrangement there with all the with all the games that they've got sitting in their warehouses doing nothing. Maybe I don't know. They they put the games that uh, in their studio out on the the floor of the museum, and you know, yeah. let people play them if the if the museum doesn't have them to hand. Yep. So yeah, I mean, there's there's a there's a way that they could do that. I'm sure, but yeah, that's up to them, of course. Yep. I mean, they could get their boardroom back <laughs> if they did that. <laughs> so that's probably advantageous. Yeah, nobody needs <laughs> a boardroom. But they shouldn't—they they shouldn't put those season one and two tables down until they rescan them. Of course. Oh god, yeah, uh, yeah, because that would be superb. I haven't seen too much more on um, uh, Black Knight 
since we last spoke. But um, I think that's probably going to be coming out in the next DLC. Um, so Wipeout, we'll probably see that um, uh, come out as well, which is going to be good. There's going to be a lot of people going, excellent. I won't be playing Wipeout. I'll be playing Black Knight. Um, <laughs> that's exactly what's going to be happening. <laughs> The old, here's your Gottlieb, now play something different. Um, yeah, here's your Gottlieb. Time to explore the other tables in your collection. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, speaking of exploring, I think uh, everybody should explore their own time and uh, stop listening to this podcast. Uh, you'll be spared the spider story, or at least my wife will. We'll save that for another time. Um, yeah. Okay, so hey, why don't you drop us a note? Jared already mentioned it, but I'll mention it again. You can uh, give us some comments, give us show ideas, whatever you want us to talk about. Send those over to blah blah blockade at gmail.com. Check out the website blockadepinball.com. There you will find show notes as well as links to any of the websites that we mention uh, during the broadcast. Follow the show on Twitter at blockade. Why are you doing that? Why don't you go ahead and follow Jared and myself? He is at Jared Morgs. I am at Shut Your Traps. Do that. You'll be pinball wise. Well, at least wise as far as anything that we link and patch to it because we're not all that yeah. smart either. <laughs> yeah, we're just smart enough. It's just enough. Yes. Uh, enough to annoy the layman, but not enough to uh, uh, impress a pin geek. Um, That's right. Do we have any competition winners to announce? Uh, not that I've seen. Uh, okay. No one wants free games. Oh, well. I guess not. You know, oh, well, that's a shame. Our, our audience doesn't like to participate in those things. No. <laughs> they just like to consume. They don't like to... If you've ever wondered why we stopped giving away uh, pinball shooter rods, now you know. Yeah. Now you know. <laughs> yeah. People weren't signing up. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, yeah. So we'll talk again next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wizardamusement.com. The site to visit for custom pinball shooter rods. Easy to install. Totally unique. Mention Blockade Podcast for 10% off your order. Wizardamusement.com. Sales, restoration, customization. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast hosting service that Blockade is delivered to. We can't improve unless you tell us how. Now stop listening and play some pinball. <laughs>